All right, here we go. Locked on Irish podcast coming your way right now on the Locked On Podcast Network. So stoked to be with you guys for a Wednesday edition of the show. Got a big show planned today. You know, tell your friends about the show. Maybe they've been to the Locked On Podcast uh, website before and they're like, oh, I don't see Notre Dame. I see Ohio State. I see Bama. I see Clemson on there. Miami. I even see an Arkansas. Utah's coming soon. Like, that's cool, but I don't see Notre Dame. Well, we're here now. We're here. We're here to stay. Follow us on Twitter at Locked On Irish. Should be an awesome show. Going to be pretty hardwood heavy today. It's got a nice little play on words, doesn't it? Uh, hardwood heavy. I'm going to make a t-shirt. It's going to be a Locked On logo on it and everything. It's going to be awesome. So we're going to talk Notre Dame Presbyterian. I'm not at all thrilled about that win, if that's what you want to call it. First ever meeting between the two schools. This out-of-conference schedule is garbage, but we're making it through it. But that was ugly. I know we didn't have Mooney. We'll talk about it here in a little bit. We're also going to talk about a Toledo preview and why I am scared to death of this game on Friday. Um, this could be a could be a rough one Friday if we don't get our act together. And third edition of the college football playoff rankings are out. And we'll get to those toward the end of the show. Currently, I'm actually, I know this is a Wednesday show, but I'm going to give you a little secret. I'm recording on Tuesday night. I was going to record Wednesday morning. I got the Tuesday show done, and I was like, eh, what's the difference? Hopefully nothing big happens overnight. If it is, I'll give you a special edition breaking news of Locked On Irish. I'm sitting here right now in the studio watching my alma mater, OU. I am a Bobcat. Um, yeah, I'm watching them take on Bowling Green and some action. Oh, I love some action. My freshman year at OU, we upset uh, Wanstat, Dave Wanstat's pit team, and I was in the stands. It was incredible. And uh, actually, Rocky Boyman's doing this show, or doing the game, and I, it's the only reason I really bring it up. Even though I like to get a little more personable with, the, with our listeners and things like that, and not just be just flat news, just stats, news, stats, news, you know, I want you guys to get to know us as a team, um, well, of course, my team's been absent for a little while, but they're going to be back next week, full go, but, uh, Boyman was sitting there talking, and, um, man, you know, Frank Solich, 75 years old and still going strong at OU, uh, I think his first year was my freshman year down there, and, uh, they said he has no plans to retire, and, man, I'll tell you what, I bet, like Rocky was saying, and I've said this on my other show, I bet Solich, I bet Nebraska kicks themselves for getting rid of Solich. And in fact, they've done it twice. They had Solich that never lost below, or never won below nine games. And then they had uh, Pelini, who never won below nine games. And now they're just trying to come back. And I think Scott Frost is their last hope down there. I mean, I know people get down on Notre Dame about certain things. And, uh, but you know, when you think about it, it's like, oh, we lost this or we can't win the big game or whatever, whatever. I mean, we're in a better position than a lot of these schools. You think of Tennessee, Ugh. Florida State, Nebraska, UCLA, Miami, these name brand schools. We're in, I mean, I'm not saying I'm happy. Don't get me wrong. I am not happy with our position where we're at. I want to be, I want to be Alabama. I want to be a high state. I want to be a consistent title contender every single year. I want to win some big games. However, you know, trying to stay optimistic, we're not those programs. That's for dang sure. Um, and then I had to mute the channel because, one, I don't want ESPN flooding my my airwaves here, and then I get some kind of copyright infringement because I'm, like, broadcasting the announcers. But then, number two, Rocky started talking about 
uh, the sellout in what was it, 2001, and the Nebraska fans turned Notre Dame Stadium red, and yeah, it's pretty much, um, pretty much don't really want to talk about that. So uh, let's get into some Irish hoops. Let's do this thing. Let's tip this off. Yeah, you liked that one, didn't you? Let's tip off this conversation. So Notre Dame Presbyterian, and I'm not even gonna lie. Like I'm truly, truly not gonna lie. I did not watch this entire game. I watched most of the second half. I know I was really busy yesterday and uh, I was not able, or Monday, yesterday, whenever you're listening to this show, um, I was not able to watch the first half and I haven't been able to get back to it. But my first question is when I go back and I look at this game is why were we ever losing this game? This is a one and three program. One and three program. Presbyterian. Presbyterian College. One and three. Their one win is to VMI. And I do not care that John Mooney was out. If that is the case, if John Mooney's good, don't get me wrong, good player. Uh, one of the, our frequent guests that we'll have on, uh, part of my other operation, he, you know, he thinks John Mooney can lead us to the promised land as far as the final four. And maybe that might be the case. But John Mooney has not proved to be one of the top five players in the country or top 10 players in the country. And if him not being up to speed on this team, it equates to a or not playing in a game, equates to only a ten win, uh, ten point win over Presbyterian. We are in a lot of trouble this year, and we are nit bound. We are not going to the tournament with ten point wins over Presbyterian. I'm sorry, it's not going to happen. Ten point win over Marshall the other day. Marshall had some nice players. I previewed those guys. We're not winning. We're not. <laughs> We will be lucky to get to the NIT with these kind of performances. I mean, we got out early. Um, you know, we, we get 7 nothing, 17-13. You know, we, we're trying to build that lead, and then we just kind of hit a lull right around, uh, looks like around the seven-minute mark. We just started to hit a lull. We get down. We have to claw our way back against Presbyterian to where it's 39-31 at halftime. And, okay. Maybe you're thinking we're sleepwalking again. There's probably 15 people in the crowd, whatever, whatever. And and we kind of turn it on in the second half. We get up by nine. And that game gets close again. 51-49 at one point to Presbyterian. We are not shooting the ball well. We ended up running away with it with our athletes that were just, you know, they're just better. They're just better than Presbyterian. I mean, these guys, I guarantee you, not a one of these cats was recruited by us. Uh, we, we are an ACC basketball team. ACC. And, and, you know, a lot of the experts, I don't claim to be an expert. I just, a guy who loves college basketball. And, you know, the experts are saying that, you know, we could finish seventh or eighth in the ACC and we're, we're, we're screwing around with 10 point wins over Presbyterian. Uh, Corey Hightower had a nice game for Presbyterian yesterday. Had 15 points. Um, I, I think one of the things that sticks out the most is Presbyterian was only 5 of 21 from 3. And when I think of a t- only a 10-point win over this 1-3 and three school at home, um, I think if you would have told me that and we didn't, um, and I didn't watch any of the game, I would have just said, well, they must have just shot the lights out. I mean, it could happen. All these guys are talented to a certain degree, and maybe they just shot the lights out. No, they were 5 of 21 from 3. 23 of 55 from the field, not even 50%. I mean, we're just not playing good basketball. 
You know, or if we won like 103 to 93 and then defense was just optional. No, uh, you know, these guys didn't shoot the lights out. We just played just rough. I mean, maybe that's what we're going to have to do. Maybe we're just going to have to win games ugly, a la going back to, um, let's see, what years would that be with uh, uh, Ben Hansborough, where we, you know, the bur- the slow burn offense. Maybe that's what we're going to have to do. I'm not sure. Uh, I don't know what it's going to take. Now, again, I know Mooney was out. He's our best player. Um, but again, we're not shooting the ball well either. We were 10 of 26 from three. You know, our leading scorer was Fluger. Um, and you know how I feel about that. But he did, you know, a lot of people overrate him, in my opinion. I think he's a nice player. He's scrappy. He's going to get a lot done in the defense. He's going to do the dirty work. He's a nice athlete. But he was four of 10 from the field. Had three point, uh, did hit three three pointers. Um, he was the leader on the team in three pointers. Uh, Leshevsky did not shoot well. He was uh, four of nine, 0 of four from behind the stripe. Dane Goodwin, he was uh, one of two from behind the stripe, only had three points. We only had seven, we only rotated seven guys yesterday. Only played seven guys. That is unacceptable. Unacceptable. Actually, Nikolai Jogu uh, had a relatively nice game for him. He had seven points, hit two threes. Pretty nice game. Juwan Durham, three of five from the field, 11 points. Uh, Prentice Hub. Another another struggle. He tw- in 37 minutes, he was 3 of 10. TJ Gibbs, 4 of 11 in 35 minutes, 10 points. Uh, Hub was 2 of 7 from behind the stripe, or from behind the th- uh, three-point arc. Uh, Gibbs was 2 of 5. Um, again, it just a, a win that did not have to be this close. I do not understand it. Um, uh, I, I'm probably going to rant a little more, but we're up against a break. So uh, let's take a quick break and uh, back to more of me just complaining. All right, we're back after it. Um, I'll give you my final thoughts on, uh, I mean, what is there else to break down? Uh, other than, you know, if it's a 10-point win, I guess it's how you go about winning. How you go about winning. You know, if it's a 10-point win and you had some backups in and they were, you know, shooting the lights out a little bit and kind of, uh, the final score was uh, not as close as it appeared. Okay, and maybe we can talk. But, you know, this game was close. This game was close for a while. You know, late in the first half, we don't have the lead, and that is a problem. Um, so let's move on to Toledo. Um, the Irish are sitting at 4-1 and one right now. Uh, but I think Toledo is going to be the second-best team that we're going to play all season long. Um, this team really concerns me on Friday. Uh, I'm not going to lie. They're, they're, uh, four and one, they're three and one. Um, it's the men against breast cancer, uh, kind of like a round Robin classic thing. So all of us are going to be playing the same teams. Notre Dame's playing Howard, Robert Morris, Toledo, Marshall, and, uh, they, everybody just kind of plays each other during this classic. So if you wonder why we all have the same opponents, um, the margin of victory is a lot bigger against, they beat Marshall by 26 at Marshall. Um, now our margin of victory was bigger over Robert Morris. Um, they beat him 70 to 56. Um, they damn near doubled up Howard. They won 112 to 68. So this team can score points. Um, they can absolutely score points out there. Um, you know, our highest point total of the season is only 92 points. Um, against Robert Morris. Uh, we've not scored, we have not scored over 80 since that performance, or at all. Um, that was the only time we scored over 80 was against Robert Morris, that 96-point, um, uh, um, or 92-point performance, excuse me. Um, their loss is to Valpo. Valpo's got a pretty decent program, typically has a strong program every year. Um, 
you know, you look at these guys on their team, and you know they can shoot. These they're led by two Jacksons. I believe they're both from Cleveland, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, both from Cleveland. Um, Marion Jackson, six foot one seventy five guard. He averages eighteen point eight points a game. Um, you know, nice player. He's definitely a nice player. This is his third year as a starter. Last year, averaged eleven point seven points per game. Uh, the other Jackson out there is uh, Willie Jackson. Uh, averages 10 rebounds a game. Uh, this guy, he, he can shoot the ball as well. Um, he's averaging about 30 minutes per game right now. Um, yeah, I mean, this guy, he, you know, these Jacksons, these are the two guys we're going to have to watch out for. He's 6'6", 215, plays the forward position. Looks like he plays the four. Um, so, yeah, it's just somebody we're going to have to be accountable for. We're going to have to box him out. Uh, otherwise they're going to kill us. They, this is a game that could get out of hand if we do not come out on our game. We have to be attentive. Mooney's got to be healthy and ready to go. Um, it doesn't look like Willie Jackson shoots the ball from three, uh, at all from what I can tell here. Um, it does average nine points a game on top. He's only almost averaging a double, double on top of, uh, uh, the 10 rebounds a game that he, he collects. Now, as far as other shooters on the team go, you know, I, I look at a guy like Spencer Littleson. Uh, this guy, he is 12 of 22 from three so far this year, averaging 15.8 points a game. He's one of the starters out there. Um, he's the other guard on the team, six foot four, 200 pounds. Um, definitely can definitely can put it down from behind the arc. Um, who else do we got out there? Oh, Luke Napke. Now, this is interesting. This guy's 6'10", 6'11", depending upon what source you read. Right now, I'm on uh, ESPN's website. Maria Stein, Marion Local, um, Ohio kid, western uh, part of the state. Um, 6'11", 245. I would say Durham will be matched up against him. And the thing about him is he's 7 of 18 for 3 this year. So they're going to try to stretch the floor with him. Eight blocks. He's averaging two blocks a game. You know, Durham's going to have to go up strong. Uh, Durham's listed at 6'11 as well. Um, that's going to be a battle of some Titans there inside, and we're going to have to take care of the ball. We're going to have to rebound well. Um, this team does shoot the ball very well. Uh, you know, I wouldn't say, I guess, not very well from three, but, uh, you know, they've hit, uh, they've hit 43 three-pointers already this season. And that's unfortunately, the shooting has just been an issue for the Irish this year. Um, just to put that into perspective, um, we've only hit 40, uh, three pointers ourselves. Um, so, you know, out of 97 that they've hit, I mean, you know, their percentage is definitely, definitely a whole lot better than ours at this moment. That's for sure. And that's why this just scares me. I mean, it does. They have very capable guards. Um, you know, they're getting, they're shooting the ball well. They have a nice average margin of victory. Um, they're very athletic. And they're going to be coming in looking to knock off an ACC opponent, a Mac school looking to knock off an ACC opponent. It's no different than any other sport when these teams have that opportunity to jump in there and knock off a big power five, if you will, or a big, a major program. So I look for, uh, I look for Gibbs to be matched up against uh, Marion Jackson. Willie Jackson should be going up against Mooney. Again, Napke will probably be up against Durham. Um, I can't imagine, um, the other uh, the other guy there, uh, Littleton, probably will be up against Prentice Hub, and uh, we're just not going to be able to let Littleton get open. I mean, bottom line there. I mean, this guy, he's shooting 54.5% from three-point land. 
Um, another guy to look out for is uh, Keyshawn Saunders. This guy, he's shooting 58.8% uh, from three-point land. He has hit uh, 10 of his 17 attempts. Um, gets 22, 22 minutes a game. So he's going to be a guy that's probably going to come off the bench some for them. Uh, you know, this is definitely going to be, from what I can see so far, Toledo looks like they could be a contender, contender in the MAC this year. Now, I do have the preseason MAC rankings up. And it looks like in the West Division, Toledo had five first-place votes. Um, the MAC is led uh, in votes by Buffalo in the East, Eastern Michigan in the West, followed by in the West, Ball State at number two, and Toledo at three. But just, just looking at this team so far, what they've done against similar competition, I mean, I definitely feel like that Toledo has a really good shot at, um, you know, at not only beating us, but um, absolutely taking home the MAC this year and possibly playing, uh, getting their a bid to the dance. Um, really fitting watching some Mac football in the studio. And we got a Mac opponent that we're previewing on Friday. So uh, I'm a Mac guy. I like the Mac. I know it gets a bad rap, but uh, me and my team from East of the Bend, we were up covering um, St. Charles soccer. It's a local soccer team in the off season. Um, right before season started for soccer and footballs toward the end of this past summer. And we were at BG. Um, and man, I'll tell you what, they've got some nice facilities for a Mac school. I was really impressed. I was recruited there in the early, early 2000s. And I got there after a recruiting trip to uh, Indiana. And after I came back, I, I go to Bowling Green and Indiana, they have really nice facilities. But at the time I go to Bowling Green, it's like a glorified high school. And I was just kind of like, there ain't no way I'm coming here. And uh, if you had taken me there now, that's a nice campus, man. I, I don't know. I might've pulled the trigger. Um, that's for sure. Um, so that's enough about me. So let's keep talking a little Irish basketball. Um, what do I think the keys are to victory on Thursday? This game is a Thursday tip. It is ACC network, not ACC network extra plus divided by subtraction, something or other to the third power. No, this is ACC network game, seven o'clock tip. Um, obviously John Mooney, he'll be the X factor. I need Prentice Hub to look like uh, the Cole Anthony guarding Prentice Hub that he was at North Carolina. Was he just playing with his hair on fire, a lot of adrenaline? I don't know, but I need that from him. I need Durham to be physical against this napkey guy inside. Um, we need rebounds. We have got to rebound better. Uh, that's, that's the bottom line. We have to rebound better. Um, no second-chance opportunities. Um, and don't leave these guys open. They can clearly shoot from three. They got a couple guys over 50% from three. Um, we just don't. <laughs> um, we have one guy at 50%. That's Jogo. And let me look here because I don't feel like he's even shot that. Yeah, he's two of four. That doesn't count. I'm not counting that. You you don't get that. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I mean, we just, we're going to have to shoot the lights out ourselves. And I hope that we can find it. Like I said, in another show there, I said, I hope these are get-right games. Get this garbage out of your system before real games start. Maryland coming up December the 4th. You know, uh, Boston College there in December. Um, you know, I know a lower-tier ACC team, but if we play like we did against Presbyterian, we are not beating even the likes of Boston College. I'm sorry, that's just it's just not happening. So with that said, I do think we win this game. I'll give you my prediction right after the break here. So, you know what's talking about erectile dysfunction, it isn't easy. Usually we just brush it off or blame ourselves, saying things like, I lost my mojo, or we just avoid it altogether with excuses like, I had a long day at work, or sorry, honey, I'm just not feeling it. But with Roman, they make it easy to talk about it with a real doctor 
who can prescribe real medication. It's simple and totally discreet. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for your ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your own home. The doctor will work with you to find the best treatment plan if medication is appropriate. Roman will ship to you with a free two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward, simple, and discreet. Getting started is simple. Just go to GetRoman.com slash locked and complete an online visit. Erectile dysfunction used to be tough to tackle, but now there's Roman. Complete an online visit today to connect with a doctor and take care of it. Just go to GetRoman.com slash locked to get a free online visit and free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman.com slash locked for a free visit to get started. That is GetRoman.com slash locked. Let's take a break. All right, kids, here's my official prediction. Notre Dame, Toledo, Thursday night. Uh, I go Irish 77-74. I think this game's going to tell us a lot about this basketball team moving forward because I do think this is going to be a tough opponent. They present some unique challenges. I think we're more talented than than them despite the numbers that I talked about, the physicality they have, how they can shoot a little bit. Uh, I do think we're just the more talented team. I think that'll shine through. And I think we're going to learn a lot about ourselves. I think if we get blown off the court, <laughs> it's going to be a long year. might be longer than last year. If we can win this game convincingly, I have a little more hope, more hope than I did with wins over Robert Morris and your Uncle Howard the other day. Um, so, yeah, I, I feel good about uh, – I would feel better about this win than any of the other uh, four wins that we have this season. So I'll take the Irish 77-74. And I don't think it's like a buzzer-beating shot. I'm thinking, you know, uh, it's 77-69, and maybe they hit a three and we dribble out the clock or uh, something like that. I, I do think that uh, I think we take care of business on Thursday night. So last section of the show here, going to give you my reaction, college football playoff rankings, the third edition. The Irish check in at 16. We are getting zero love from the committee. I mean, I thought we would be sitting just outside the top 10 despite the two losses. Um, We are not. Uh, Michigan sits at 13. Um, I think we're going to jump Auburn unless Auburn uh, beats Alabama. They're going to be a four-loss team. They are currently the highest-ranked three-loss team. Uh, eh, I don't know how I feel about that. I mean, I know they've had a tough schedule, but, like, let's take a look real quick. Who has Auburn beaten, really? I mean... They have had a murderer's row of a schedule. They've had Oregon. They've had a, actually a talented, and I talked about the other day, a talented Tulane team. They've had a Texas A&M. So that's, you know, everybody's hanging their hat on Texas A&M win. Uh, you know, even, you know, Clemson. That's like their best win. Okay, they've played Florida, LSU. Okay. You know, I, I'm just trying to see here. Who have you beaten? Ole Miss, that doesn't impress me. Um, I guess A&M. Uh, well, they beat A&M and they beat Oregon. So, okay. Um, yeah, when you compare the two, it's really, that, that's tough. That is tough. That went over Oregon because Oregon's playing like a playoff team right now. Um, you know, when, when we look at who we've beaten, I guess, you know, we really can't, cannot compare the two right now. Uh, I'll go start from the number 25, work my way up. SMU, App State, USC slips into the rankings at 23. So we have a, do have a win over a current ranked opponent right now. Iowa State, Oklahoma State, Boise State, Cincinnati, Memphis. We've got a grab bag, three in a row of non-Power Fives. So Memphis is the leader in the house as far as non-Power Fives. They will play Cincinnati, so they'll get that settled on the field. We've got Iowa checking in at 17. 
Then Notre Dame at 16, Auburn at 15, Baylor at 14. I'm really surprised with as little love as they got from the committee after they choked it away against Alabama or against Oklahoma that they only dropped one spot. Uh, Michigan at 13 with Wisconsin just above them. Uh, if you remember, Wisconsin blew the doors off of Michigan. Florida at 11, Minnesota at 10. Um, you know, I'm not mad about that. Only dropped two spots. Um, well, let's get through, let's read off the rest of these. I'll give you some of my reaction. Oklahoma at 9, Penn State at 8, Utah 7, Oregon 6, Bama at 5. So interesting. So interesting because they have played literally no one in the one time they did. Again, best team in the country, in my opinion, LSU, and in the committee's eyes, because, spoiler alert, LSU's won. Um, they lost at home. Uh, Georgia at 4, Clemson at 3, Ohio State at 2. I agree with all of that. Um, I was listening to Mark Packer earlier this week, and, man, he was talking about, you want chaos? Let Penn State win this weekend. Um, you know, every every uh, championship weekend, the team that's supposed to have won, so many times we've assumed what's going to happen. And this is stolen content. Just roll with me. I just thought it was interesting. You know, like last year, uh, Clemson and Pitt. Everybody just kind of knew Clemson was going to win. What happens one of these times when that doesn't happen? What's going to happen if Clemson goes into South Carolina and loses? What's going to happen if Clemson plays in the ACC title game and loses uh, at 12-1? and one? What do you do with them? What if Ohio State loses to Minnesota? In my opinion, if Minnesota wins out, I still think they're in because they would hold a win over Ohio State and they would be 12-1. and one. Comparing the two, 12-1 Ohio State, 12-1 Minnesota, and head-to-head over Ohio State, I think Minnesota's in. I think Penn State controls their own destiny. If they win out, I think they're in. Uh, Oregon and uh, Oklahoma are the two interesting ones. Um, I think Bama is done. I do. I think Bama is done. They're not going to play for the SEC title. They're sitting there at 11-1. and one. Their schedule is garbage. Well, they're sitting there at 9-1 and one right now. Excuse me. Uh, they're going to play the mighty uh, Western Carolina this weekend, which don't even get me started about this weekend for the SEC. I hate it. I hate Division One AA opponents. Yes, that's what I call it because I'm old. Get off my lawn. Don't talk to me. You're bending my grass. Um, yeah, I, I always call them one AA. I hate this weekend. I think it's stupid. Put UNLV on there. Give me another New Mexico State. Give me Liberty. Give me somebody in the same division. There's no reason to be playing these games this late in the year. No, there's no reason. There's a reason why we're all in this Division 1A. We're all reason why we're in this FBS. Play t- There's 130 of you. Pick somebody. It ain't that hard. Nobody's crying for you. Pick somebody. You're not, uh, you're not Alabama. Uh, you're not South Alabama, the Jags. All respect to the Jags, but it might be a little harder for them to find opponents. Put them on your schedule. Alabama, play South Alabama. It's down the road. They can, you can drive them up. Like, that's ridiculous. This SEC weekend is stupid. It is dumb. That's my opinion on that, and I'll die on this hill. So as of right now, my reaction, basically, uh, I, I like the top four. Um, it's going to be real interesting if Georgia does happen to beat LSU. What do you do? Do you let both of them in? I think you do. I think this is the one year you can probably justify it. Oregon and Utah, yes, they've had nice years. Uh, whoever the winner that is, if, as long as they're 12-1, and one, that's great. But outside of the Pac-12, who we all kind of agree the Pac-12 is garbage, um, they don't really have a great win. Oregon had their opportunity. They got beat by Auburn. Sorry. I think this year, 
um, and I'm not one to pull this card, but I think this year, if Georgia beats LSU, that's two. That's two of your teams, especially if it's close. And then I'm good with Ohio State and Clemson, and I can rock with that. I I, I have no qualms with that, even at, at a 12 and one Oregon or a 12 and one Utah. Now, if LSU wins, I favor the Pac-12 team over Oklahoma. Oklahoma defense is kind of optional. I've heard it's illegal to recruit DBs in the Big 12, or at least it appears that way, um, or anybody over like 210 pounds at the middle linebacker position. Uh, yeah, I, I find Oregon's loss and Utah's loss to be a little more impressive than, and I know Kansas State has worked its way into the rankings, if I'm not mistaken. I'm mistaken. That's right. Yeah, they have not worked their way into the rankings yet. Yeah, they just dropped out. I'm sorry. Apologize for that. But, you know, they kind of beat up. I know I know Oklahoma had the onside kick, yada, yada, yada. But, uh, yeah, they kind of got blown out that day by K-State on the road. Um, so I, I favor the Pac-12 teams. I really do, over top of Oklahoma. But, again, I think, I think we're really overthinking this. And I know radio and TV, they all need stuff to talk about. But I think Penn State controls its own destiny. I still think Minnesota does. To a degree, I think Oregon and Utah, they have a collision course coming. The only thing that can thwart that would possibly be Georgia beating LSU. And like I said, if it's a close game, I kind of support it. I do. I kind of support it because those are, you know, those are some top teams. Uh, those are some of the top teams out there. So um, that's pretty much all I got today, guys. I hope you enjoyed the show. Uh, I kind of forgot some of my notes during the... Uh, the Notre Dame Toledo preview. So I apologize if it seemed like I was kind of struggling there. Uh, I, I apologize because I don't know much about Toledo basketball. So I did a little research on the fly, but I appreciate you guys sticking with me. And I really hope you guys are just enjoying the podcast and I'm really trying to find myself again as a solo podcaster where I carry this team. Uh, I have a great team. I've mentioned it before and I cannot wait to showcase our talents and what we can do, and uh, I think we're going to be one of the top podcasts you're going to listen to here on the Lockdown Sports Network, Lockdown Podcast Network, just because, I, like I said, I said it yesterday, I know what this team's capable of, and uh, I think you're, we're going to be entertaining even to people who aren't Notre Dame fans, and that was always our goal at our other operation east of the bend. So until Thursday, that is, or tomorrow, depending upon when you're listening to this show, because I said, like I said, I'm recording on a Tuesday evening, um, we will be back with you. I think, uh, what will we talk about on Thursday? Well, we'll make it a surprise, but we'll be back on Thursday. I know we're going to update. That's what we're going to do. It's, uh, we're going to update the Notre Dame soccer team as they get ready to start NCAA play. And then we'll talk a little hockey as well. And then give you some updates as far as any chatter about chatter from the Boston college side, any updates with the football team. And then, of course, Friday will be our official Locked On Irish preview of the Boston College Eagles. So until Thursday, guys, go Irish.